Welcome to the Fight Chef Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Doing good. How Doing are good. you this evening? Doing great. I mean, I um, played a little bit of basketball today. Oh, you did? And uh, I did what no 42-year-old should do. What is that? Fall. Fall. On cement. Oh, no. Yeah, my, my knee's kind of scraped up a little oh, bit. Oh, no. Hurts. You're going to have to start wearing knee pads, aren't you? No, I don't know about knee pads. I, I wear a knee brace. Yeah, knee pads, but you kind of want to save your knees, don't you, bud? But no, I think they're called war wounds. That's what they're called. We'll, we'll quit falling down. Yeah, or, or quit falling. That's right. the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. We had Easter on Sunday at uh, my uh, father-in-law's house and... Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't my father. It was my sister-in-law's house. Okay. So yeah, we do it there every year. Uh, that was fun. I was back in Dallas for a few days. So weather was cold though. Was it? Was, was it cold. cold here? No, it wasn't. It was. It was nice. It was really nice. And then it, it rained. Oh. Um, here it rained okay. really good. I think it was Monday morning. It rained, and it was a very beautiful day on Sunday. Okay. Um, with our family, we just it's just we have a little small family, so it's just a. Uh, my wife and I, my kids and my mom and my, you know, that's pretty much it. And so we just had some chicken. We went to churches, take chicken, got some chicken. Okay. My wife made some desserts. And, okay. I was wondering um, what yeah, you ate. Yeah. For- and so that's pretty much it. We, it was, we kept it simple. Um, this past weekend also, uh, my dad, who's 75 years old, okay, he uh, got a new car. Got a new car. Yeah, yeah. And so I went Brand there. new? It's almost brand new. Brand new to him. Okay. So, um, but it's a 2021, but it's a really small car. Like oh, a no. Hyundai Venue. Why did like, you do that? Um, that's all he could afford. Okay. <laughs> it's it's crazy out there. Yes, I mean, is. he's on a fixed income too, so okay. it's not like he can get a Tahoe. Right. You know, for $800, $900 a month. Right. So, but um, yeah, he just got that. And um, he he's kind of disappointed because he wants a little truck. But okay. right now, I guess the thing is that the crazy thing, he hadn't had anything on his credit in 15 years. Like he has technically has no credit. He has no credit because he doesn't have any credit cards to no, boost his credit. Nothing. You know, in 15 years, like the last thing that came up uh, was 15 years ago. So he yeah, that's bad. Yeah. It's but crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, the way our credit system is yeah. so uh, reversed, it's and, messed up, dude. And I learned that I think only, it was only in the '80s whenever um, the credit system came out, like in the credit, like if you your 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 experience and all those TransUnion. I think late '80s. I, I'm thinking, is am I right or wrong? I guess so. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I it, guess it's crazy how our our world revolves around credit. Yeah, but you have to be in debt to have good credit. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That's how, yeah, how it works, and my dad's right? not in debt at all. He owns right. everything. Everything pays in cash. He even gets paid in cash from my brother, who's a uh, roofer, and he's seventy-five. What he's going to do? You know, report it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that is crazy. Yeah. So, um, huh. yeah, but I just kind of went to his house to show the ins and outs of okay. his new car. You okay. know, what nice. buttons to push, set up his Bluetooth. And, oh uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. So he's um he's he's rolling. He's, he's got a fancy car. He's got a fancy car. He'll yeah. be able to listen to our podcast in there, sure, won't he? Sure will. Sure nice. will. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, nice. definitely. Um. So what else? How's, how else was uh, your weekend? Um. Did you did, travel back on uh, Sunday? I, I traveled back on Monday. Monday. Yeah, but I mean, in the middle of all that, you know, the good news I didn't have much going on Saturday or Saturday evening, so I watched some uh, UFC and some boxing. Right? Yeah, yeah. We did have some a uh, uh, really good matches in boxing, even yeah. some boxing that we didn't even cover. You know. I'm 
kind of touched base on the, those yeah. right there too. But let's just go ahead and keep, kick off our boxing recap. This week we're recapping, and this is what the commentators called him, MJ Akhmadeliev, which is a lot easier than Mora Jajan. Yes, right? absolutely. So MJ Makadeliev versus Marlon Topless, live from San Antonio, Texas, in the Boeing Center on April 8th from on the Zone Network in a super bantamweight title belt. A challenger fighter having to wait out an injury of the champ took full advantage of his opportunity for these titles. Yeah, um, MJ Akhmedeliev did come in 11-0. He was a champion. He last fought Ronnie Rios uh, in the same place in June um, in San Antonio, Texas. And he did have the WBA and IBF titles. Whereas uh, Topolis, he's a Filipino, 36-3, last fought in May of 2022 and was on a four-fight winning streak. I mean, he was a twenty-one to one underdog. Yeah, he was a he was actually a plus two eighty. Plus I mean, two eighty. Yeah, the champ was a minus four hundred. So the fight starts, and you know what, MJ Agmendeliev, he did not look anything like himself for the first six rounds, I believe. He looked tentative in the early rounds. Uh, Topolis definitely took advantage of that. You know, my thought is I'm wondering if that left hand that the champ uh, had hurt in the previous fight right. was still not healed. Yeah, and there was a couple times where I saw him shake it out, shake yeah. out his hand. and um, But still, you know, but all credit given to uh, Topolis, he came out swinging and he, he can punch. I mean, he, he had some power behind those uh, his punches. Yeah, I mean... Topolis was very active early. Very active. Uh, he was he was, you know, uh, gaining those early rounds yeah. with the judges. Uh, the champ did surge back in the later rounds, but it was a rounds. little too late. A little on the too late ground. because there there some of those later rounds Topolis did continue landing. But the thing is that Topolis landed three shots and uh, Medelia maybe landed one. Yeah, so for exactly. every three, there was one coming back. Yep. And so that was really impressive, but not impressive enough for one of the judges. Who scored it one eighteen to one ten for Akhmadeliev. How insane is that? In oh, that means what? Almost every round. I mean, what eight, was he watching? Rounds. That's crazy. What was he watching? I, and so the other judges had it one thirteen, one fifteen, one thirteen, one fifteen, which is which is kind of goes along what I had it yeah. and what the mm-hmm. commentators had it also because yeah. it was back and forth towards the end. Um, but we do have a new IBF and WBA super. Bantamweight champion Marlon Topless, who does win by split decision. Yes, you know I believe he won this flight. Um, I I think there's another huge opportunity in the near, near future for him. I think he should fight the winner of the Anyway versus Fulton fight. So we don't up. get a rematch. I don't think he needs a. Re- I I don't think he deserves a rematch. Right, right. In my opinion, do you? Um, no, you know what? I don't. I think uh, I don't even have that as a re- a a next thing for the winner, Topless, who goes now thirty seven and three. He is not. He's ranked, and just think about this: he's a two title holding person, Correct. and is ranked now third in the division. Because behind him, who do we have? We have Fulton, who's a champ, who's a Fulton, and who's coming up in this and division? Up in this division is the monster, in a way, and they're fighting in July. I know, and they're unifying their titles. I know, and so, um, I, how about the winner? We could Why have, not? we could have by the end of the fall, yeah, the a unified champion in this division. Yeah, definitely, and it could be in a way again. And if, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're betting between those three, you've got anyway, right? Uh, I. I would have to think so. I mean, yeah. I, even though we haven't seen him in this weight class, 
um, and it's a different weight class. I mean, Stephen Fulton is no walk in the park, right? Yes. And so, um, but you know, the, I, right now I would bet for anyway. I would too. Um, if if something happens, I mean that that in a way fight and Fulton fight is not until July. If for some reason Topolis wants to get back into the ring, we do have Luis Needy who's there um, coming off his fight. I think a couple of weeks ago, made about a month ago, and maybe he could set something up in the summertime and then set something big up um, in the fall. Absolutely, absolutely. How about for MJ Akhmadeliev? I think he needs to get his hand healed. I'll just be that that uh, honest and simple on it because he just didn't look like the champ that he that he normally is. Akhmadeli of now eleven and one. Um, he is ranked fifth in the box rec ranking. If Luis Needy doesn't fight um, for the championship, maybe he can fight Luis Needy. Well, why don't he fight the loser of the upcoming anyway versus Fulton? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, no? From what I just saw from him, it's very disappointing. Yeah, but he you could know? be hurt. Yeah, he could have been hurt. Yep. All right, next up on the um, recap, we do have the return of Shakur Stevenson versus Shuchikario Yoshino live from the Prudential Center in New York, New Jersey this past Saturday on ESPN+. This was in the lightweight division. One fighter making his debut in a new division while the other fighter looking to make the new incoming fighter wish he stayed at where he was. Uh, Shakur Stevenson did come in 19-0, ranked fifth in this division. Um, but last time he fought was in September of 20, uh, September of 2022 against Robinson Kansansau. Um, this is, again, like you said, the step up in the weight class for him. Yoshino, he's 16-0, and um, his last fight was in Japan in uh, November of 2022. But he does have 12 wins by knockout coming into this fight. I'm going to tell you, Steven, Stevenson didn't look like he had any problems at this division, just like he did in the previous division. Dominant performance. I mean, right off the bat, I think he's um, – I mean, he's already getting that respect ranked fifth in this division. And um, already – I mean, let's just go ahead and go go through this fight. I mean, Stevenson just showed that his, his skill did translate to a heavier weight class. Yeah. Here's my notes. You always say there's levels to the boxing game. Well, guess what? It was on display in this match. Yeah, I mean, we do have Shakur Stevenson knocking down Yoshino twice um, in the the contest. Um, But ultimately, we do have... A sixth round knockout by uh, by Shakur Stevenson, who displayed his power, and Yoshino was was I guess trolling him before the fight. That yeah. oh, okay, Shakur Stevenson doesn't have that power in this division. Yeah. Um. But I mean, uh, Shakur Stevenson even said it himself, and I believe him is that he would have really devastated it, knocked them down if the ref didn't call it. The ref, in this case called it right when it should have been right he had seen enough i had seen enough i'm sure you had seen it right i think even before the um end of the fifth round he was telling uh yoshino to hey show me something show me something yeah and so that's what happened is that we do have a technical knockout for shakur stevenson who goes now 20 and oh he is now ranked first in the division according to box rec how much respect is that now he's jumped from fifth to first 20 and oh now and it was for the WBC Eliminator, and he's already he already in this division is in line for one of the belts. Right, already, already. It doesn't matter which side of the belts because right. we have belts. Um, we have uh, or we have major fights. That's right. Right, we have two major fights coming up. We have uh, Javante Davis versus uh versus Garcia. That's right, Brian Garcia. Yep. Um, hey, how about the winner of that fight? 
if we're not going to go sure. title hunting right now. Sure. Okay, okay. If if not, if we want to go title hunting, we but, have But Devin he would H- get a title, though. Is there a title? Because Davis has a title. Is in that division? I yes. Thought, I thought uh, Haney has all the titles. I thought Davis... Oh, because Davis... Is moving up. He's moving up in the division. And so that's okay. the thing is Haney is a unified champion. Okay. And so, okay... How about there's a Haney and the, versus Lomachenko coming up the, later on, I think in May. Uh, how about the winner of that fight versus Shakur Stevenson? Are we ready for Shakur Stevenson to go ahead and jump into the title fight? I I think he showed it. I think so too. Right? I, th- I just, I don't see, I mean, do you think he's better than uh, Devin Haney? Well, let me, before I answer that, let me, let me just reverse that. Is this division ready for Stevenson? Like, is Haney, Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia, and Tank Davis ready for him? I mean, we're saying Davis is, you know, Stevenson's ready for them. Are they ready for him? And the thing is that Stevenson looked good at this division. Like, he, he filled out his body, right? He, yes. he didn't He didn't look like he was tired. Yes. Um, he, and he has showed his power against Yoshino, who, who, who had, it was a knockout puncher himself. And so... Um, I mean, I'm ready to see Stevenson jump into this division and head first into the fire. Okay, we always do the fight, Chib. What's the easiest way to titles to the hardest? We've got Haney, Lomachenko. We've got Davis and Ryan Garcia. Who should Stevenson fight first? Who's the easiest of the four? I think uh, Stevenson set it up perfectly. Steven said, I I want Devin Haney. I used to get the better of him all the time back in the amateurs. And so maybe that's one thing that, you know, it's in his head that Stevenson is maybe superior to Haney. So is Haney is Haney uh fourth on that list I gave you? Um no, no, I don't no. think he's fourth. No. So I, I think um if we're looking at it, I would say maybe Lomachenko's fourth. I think Lomachenko is fourth. Yeah. Third is Um maybe Garcia. Garcia? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. would say that. Then Davis. Then Davis. Haney. Man, I don't know. I, I I love me some Davis, man. I, I uh, almost feel like yeah. he's better than Haney, but, you know, I don't know. I think it goes back to, um, I think Davis has the power, right? He's just yeah. the raw muscle yeah. tank. Well, he's tank Davis. Yes. Um, uh, but and then Haney's da- faster. Yeah, Haney's faster, yeah. right, technical. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, if, if you don't get caught all, right, all the fight, the whole fight, 12 rounds. So, you're suggesting... And we're hoping that by the end of the year, we see Stevenson up against one of these guys. Uh, I think by the end of the year, well, Stevenson is going to be a champion. Wow. That's your prediction? I mean, the only way that he can be a champion if, is if Dave, Devin Haney loses to Lomachenko and Lomachenko or Devin Haney fight. Uh, or or Devin Haney. So the only way he becomes champion is if Dave, Devin Haney wins against Lomachenko and then fights him. Yeah. Or Lomachenko wins all the titles and then fights Fights, uh, fights, um, Shakur Stevenson. I, you know what? I'm just gonna put it right here on uh, in the internet, right, okay. uh, live on this podcast. Okay. Shakur Stevenson will be champion in this division by the end of the year. I don't disagree with you. Not from what I saw Saturday night. And what I like about this division versus other divisions that we can't seem to get the elites to fight each other. Every one of these names that we named are willing to get in that ring and mix it up. And the cool thing about this is that for the last two years, we've been saying these names, and they've been up and coming. Yes. And we're finally getting to see that prime of this division. Right? Yes. Yeah. So exciting. I mean, I know we we um, we um do have Yoshino, 16-1. and one. He's now ranked eighth in the division, which I'm surprised. Um, 
I probably have him coming back maybe against a Frank Martin, who's who's a little bit lower in that division. Look, he got outboxed by a super elite fighter, right? He mm-hmm. need, he needs to get back in the gym, learn, right? He's still young, like you said. Get back in the action. I think he'll be fine. I mean, there was a big weekend this weekend for boxing. Uh, did you watch any other boxing? I did not, but I know that there were some uh, big matches going down. There was, especially in San Antonio, on the same card of as Akhmadaliev, uh, we did have the return of Jesse Bam Rodriguez fighting against Christian Gonzalez, I think. Um, and uh, Bam Rodriguez fought it out to a decision win. Yeah. And uh, he is now the youngest world champion in all of boxing. Wow. And San Antonio. Kid. Congratulations to him. And um, I don't know if you remember uh, Sebastian Fundora, the towering inferno, the six six monster. That, I do not. And uh, yeah, we've seen we've covered him a couple of times. Yeah. He looks like a praying mantis out uh-huh. there fighting. Um, he had got devastatingly knocked out by um, Brian Mendoza. And it was a devastating knockout. And it looks more awkward because he's six six. Yeah. And, and Mendoza's like five eight, five ten. And um and Mendoza now is a WBC champion of that division, the same division that the Charlo, uh, one of the Charlo brothers is on. So if Fandora would have won, the next fight would have been against a Charlo brother. Yeah, and uh, I don't think he saw this coming, losing that belt. That's the thing is that um, I think uh, there was another one of those uh, amazing uh, underdog stories this weekend, whereas, you know, Fandora didn't have to fight Mendoza at all. Oh, he did. He could have waited. Okay. Uh, but he just went ahead and scheduled a fight, and, well, boxing and he got caught it was devastating i i if you have a chance to go recap that fight okay it was an amazing knockout well i always say got to be careful when you jump out of the line in 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 those title shot contention uh divisions well i mean big weekend in boxing yeah a big weekend in boxing and now uh we kind of have a little bit slower weekend this weekend with boxing uh we do have one that we are re previewing um joe joyce versus zangli zhang um this one is going to be from cooper box arena in london united kingdom this saturday and this one is a heavyweight division clash so this is at 200 plus pounds Alexander Usyk, tyson fury daniel dubois and joe joyce are our current champions now joe juggernaut joyce is 37 years old 15 and 0 with 14 ko's he is currently ranked fifth in this division his last fight was a win by ko in the 11th round September of last year, and he debuted in 2018. Now, Zayli Big Bang Zaijing is 24-1-1 with 19 KOs. He is currently ranked 29th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision August of last year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Joyce is a massive favorite at a minus 1,100, and, and Zaijing is a plus 600. Joe Joyce is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 6'6 with an 80-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 93% knockout rate with notable wins against Joseph Parker, Christian Hammer, and Carlos Takam. Zeli Zhang is from China. He he stands at 6'6 with an 80-inch reach. He fights out of the southpaw fight stance. He now has a 79% knockout rate with notable wins against Scott Alexander, Craig Lewis, and Devin Vargas. Notable losses come against Philip Hargovic. Um, and he has one draw against Jerry Forrest. Uh, the return of the juggernaut. One of our favorite fighters, yes, right? Very, very much one of our favorite fighters. Uh, it's about time we get another heavyweight, you know, at least some, some heavyweight champion defending a title. So I'm excited to watch Joe Joyce get back in the ring. I don't think this is going to be 
any way a problem for him. So you don't want to put any money on Zhang to probably you know walk out of there. I mean, we had a weekend full of uh, uh, what upsets. We did. We yeah. actually did have a had a week of upset to, as we continue on this podcast. But I don't think it's this one. And I'm all about upsets this this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I'm also going to say Joe Joyce by knockout um, in the seventh round. And I got Joe Joyce by knockout in the six. Just to kind of give you a, a reminder, we do have the return of Michaela Mayer, uh, 17-1 and one in the women's lightweight division. She's also on the same card as Joe Joyce, and she's fighting Christina Lena Artau, who is, comes in 14-2. and two. Again, this is in the lightweight division. So the return of Michaela Mayer, one of the bigger names in women's boxing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that, that fight. Well, all right. That wraps things up for our boxing preview. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Beevil's manager. I think Canelo personally wants the rematch, but I don't think his, his team wanted it at all. Canelo Alvarez's apparent desire for a rematch for Demetrio Beevil is not one shared by his inner circle, according to the manager of the Russian champion. So, my question is... Uh, I know you're a Canelo fan. Do you think he should try to avenge this loss? From what you saw in the last one, do you think he has a shot? Um, I think that's that's his whole mentality right now. 99% is going against Beevil. That's what he's going right now. I mean, okay, yeah, the 1% is against John Ryder, right, the next couple right, months. Right. After that, Beevil's next. I mean, I don't see anybody else other than maybe Benavides, but I don't think that's just something that he wants. I think he's taken – he still hurts from the time that Mayweather beat him. Yeah. He hates that one loss that he has on his record. Well, now the second loss, he hates that one probably even even more because it was in a different division uh, against technically someone that wasn't really well-known in the world of boxing. But based on his performance against him, do you think he has a shot in the second one? I, I think mean, so. I'm not. I'm not going. So? Yeah, I do think okay. so. And I think um he he will every great boxer, every great veteran will uh, make adjustments, and we've seen that all, all, every time through, throughout the boxing history, uh, adjustment adjustments will be made, and um and I think that there it would be more competitive. Do you think Canelo Stock will be hurt if he fails again? Um. No, you know why? Because he he failed being great, You're right? Trying to be greater than him. Twice than, now. Twice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, shoot for the moon, you, you'll hit the stars. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if you have heard, but we do have a big box, boxing match in the making. Um, it's already official. It's set for ESPN um, live June 10th um, for the location to be determined. Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez. What? Yeah. This is going to be for the WBO Junior Welterweight World Championship. The Teofimo Lopez that put off one of those fights for like eight months, that Lopez? That one. That one. So do we believe this one's going off? Um, You know what? I do. I do. You do? Right. Okay. I think it's time for him to box because, you know, there's such thing as ring rust. Yeah. There's such thing of, I mean, I think Agmedeli have only fought like once in the last two years. Yeah. And that's one reason maybe why that he had so much ring rust. Or sure. He couldn't get the thing, he couldn't get the rhythm going. So what's your fight shed early prediction on that fight? Who do you like? Um, You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go for Teofimo Lopez right now. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I don't. 
I don't like, you know, I, I'm okay with that, with that pick, but man, Josh Taylor's not an easy night out. We always say that, you know, don't overlook what you think is going to be an easy fight. And I don't think that's an easy fight whatsoever. No, I don't think so at all. So speaking of the fighter last week in Shakur Stevenson had a couple hot opinions on some upcoming fights. I want to see if you agree with them. He believes that Gervonta Tank Davis, powerful southpaw, will be too much for Ryan Garcia. Do you agree or not agree? Ryan uh, Gervonta Davis is power. Powerful right, powerful southpaw. His power in the southpaw, his left hand. Uh, yeah, will be um, too much for Ryan Garcia. Um, I. I think we all think that we all know agree that he's more powerful yes. than than Ryan Garcia. Yes. But is he fast enough to catch Ryan Garcia? So Ryan Garcia is going to avoid that southpaw, is what you're saying. I am I'm, I'm assuming. Right? Yeah, assuming, yeah. right? Okay. Uh he also believes that Devin Haney is just too big for the smaller Lomachenko. Do you agree with that? Uh, you know what that comes off that's that seems about right. I mean Lomachenko doesn't strike us as a uh, massive person, right? Yeah. And David Devin Haney's kind of big. Kind of big, right? Right? Stocky. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I would agree with that. Okay, and then also sources have told us that Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford super fight appears to be set for June 17th in Las Vegas. It is believed the official announcement will be made at the Gervonta Davis-Ryan Garcia fight on April 22nd. Wow. Wow. For a low price of $90 to hear that announcement. <laughs> Do you know how much they pay in the UK? Uh, no. Like $20 for all the pay-per-views. Because they're not as rich as the United States, I don't understand. <laughs> no, it's because um, they have different uh, media deals. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is crazy. Um, I don't know if we've already mentioned this before, but we do have the undercard sent for Tank uh, Davis and uh, King Rai. Uh, the undercard co-main event will be the WBA. It would be for the WBA Super Middleweight Regular Champion David Morrell Jr. versus uh, Sienna Agbeko, who's twenty-seven and two with twenty-one KOs. Um, again, that's the co-main event. And also the return of King Gabriel Rosado versus Bully Beck, Bektamir Makaliziev, um in a 10-round showdown. Now, that fight, the last fight I mentioned, Rosado versus um, Bully Beck, that's a rematch where Rosado got the knockout of the year in 2021, I believe, okay. against him. And so it's a rematch of that fight. That's That's becoming a solid card. It is becoming a solid yeah. card. I mean, Gabriel Rosado, I mean, he's going to, Come out there with everything he got. And I think he was scheduled a couple weeks ago or a month or so ago, but um, that was canceled due to uh, injury. But, oh, um, he made weight. Remember, uh, Surdo Ramirez missed weight. That's right. Yeah. that's yeah. And So he had to find another fighter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment this week. And now on to our MMA segment for this week where we are recapping UFC 287. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Piera. This was live from Miami, Florida in the Kaseya Center this past Saturday on pay-per-view. Kicking off our recap, we do have a bantamweight clash between Rob Font and Adrian Yanis. One fighter on a two-fight losing streak looking to stop that unstoppable train coming down the tracks in this division. 
Rob Font is 19, came in 19 and 6, ranked fifth in the division. His last fight was against Marlon Vera, where he did lose um, back in April of 2022. He came in with a two fight losing streak. Adrian Yanis, 16 and 3, last fought Tony Kelly, and he beat him with a TKO uh, this past June uh, uh, 2022. Yanis came in with a nine fight winning streak. So, um, but I mean, it was. Rob Font showed the veteran that he is and the warrior that he, that he came, is coming into this match. Giannis came out w- trying to maintain that fi- fast pace to see if Rob Font, the veteran, like you said, could handle it. And guess what? Font did. Yeah, Rob Font just looked amazing. He looked really good. He handled the pressure. Um, he stuffed a lot of try- takedowns attempts. Um, but, you know, Rob Font, everyone, I guess, must have forgot. That's right. Uh, that, about we did. Rob Font. Well, all we saw was the train in the distance coming, right? Yeah. And we're hyped for the new train. Rafan, he was on that two-fight losing streak. That's right. But he fought against Marlon Vera and I think Marlon Morice is yes. the other loss. Um, but Rafan, I mean, he just comes in and gets the TKO in the first round. Here, Here's what I wrote down. I think that this pay-per-view is a story of experience winning over the up-and-comers in, in, in this card because you are going to see in most of the fights that we talk about that experience wins over the up-and-comers. Yeah, and definitely Rob Font really needed a statement win to kind of keep the ball mo- rolling on his yes. career. Um, you know, it was finally the right hook that took out uh, Giannis and made his head spin around and finally get on the ground. Um, was there maybe an early stoppage? I don't mm. know, but you know, it, I think it was all said and done by that time. It was. It, we were going to, in my opinion, I think we're going to see the same thing in the second round. We're going to see the same thing through the whole rest of the match. Font now is twenty and six. Um, now he was ranked like last time seventh last week seventh. Of course, he undoubtedly he'll be ranked top five. Um, who do you think's next? Well, <clears throat> ten and five in the US, UFC. Here we go again with this mess of a bantamweight division. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where we line him up in the title shot. Right? You know what I have? Disappointedly, I have him maybe fighting someone lower than him. Okay. A, a Ricky Simone. Okay. On that, or how about last week's winner, or a couple weeks ago, Corey Sanhagen? Sure. I mean, but but because there's no, it's just that there's there's a log jam. Up there's top, a log jam. Right? Now, did you hear who he called out? Um, who did he call out? No, I didn't hear it. He called out a former champion moving up in this division. Can you name that guy? Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky? No. 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 Davison Figueroa. Oh, that's right. He said he is moving he up. He said, Figgy. give me him next. Uh, Come on amazing. up in this division. Oh, yeah. Book it now. Book it now, right? Yeah, that's, that's that a would war. be exciting, right? That is a war. I mean, yeah. if you can't get a title shot, let's fight a former champ, right? Yeah. At this point, right? How cool yeah, would that be? Yeah, that's right. No, I, I really like that yeah. fight. How about for Giannis, who's now sixteen and four in the in the in his career, was ranked eighteenth. He he shot for the stars. Yeah. Right? Ten, three, and four in the UFC now. Look, the train has stopped. It's in the depot making repairs and adjustments. He'll be back in no time rolling down the winning tracks once again. That's the way I look at it. Well, I have a name, which you would have be a name? really good name for his career. Okay. Cody Garbrandt. No love? No love. Cody he looked really good in his last fight. Yeah. And he has a lot of experience. I don't know if I like a lot of experience against some of these up-and-comers that we're talking about right now. I want... I, I want the train to slow down. And I mean, you're but he's hear that 20 fights me. into his career. I, I don't I know, know if this is an up and comer. This division just, is 
a murder's yeah. row of division, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he literally went, like you said, he went from 18 and he fought a guy in the, arguably in the top five. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to seen him 10 through 15 maybe. Yeah. And I think Cody Garbrandt, like, now that you're talking about, I think he is like yeah, that, somewhere in there. That area. So maybe yeah. that's a good fight. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event of the evening, Gilbert Burns versus George Masvidal in a welterweight division clash. A hometown fighter looking to put a final stamp on his amazing MMA career while chanting, let's go, Brandon. I don't well, know and it had to be said only because we did have the former oh, president he sitting was in. Right. Front and center. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gilbert Burns, he comes in 21-5, and five, ranked 6th in the division. He last fought in January of uh, 2023, get, got a submission win versus Neil Magny. He's 2-3, two 2-1 and, three, two and one in his last three fights. Masvidal came in, 35-18, and 18, ranked 15th in the division. His last fight was against Colby Covington, who, which he lost um, by unanimous decision back in March of 2022. He was on a three-fight losing streak. I'll have to be honest. When I watched this fight, and I kind of assumed that after he said if he loses, he's going to retire, it looked like to me he was just putting on a good show. Yeah. And he's fighting against a tough opponent in Burns who's looking to have another title run. It was just the opposites were fighting on this night in this match. It was very entertaining, but I never thought once that Masvidal was going to win this fight. What did you think? Um, yeah, I think there was always that danger of – you know, Masvidal will catch him, maybe, maybe, right? That was always that chance. There's always that chance for him yeah. to catch him. Um, live in his hometown, trying to put on a show for his hometown crowd in front of his favorite president. Yep. You yep. know, and yeah. it's just one of those things that um, I think just just father time just came for uh, George, Jorge Masvidal. And it kind of showed in, a little bit in that fight. And again, the fight game is mental too. And he has so much going on outside the, the octagon with his promotion and other things in his life. He's made his money. Right. His mind wasn't in the fight. It just wasn't. He's mentally checked out. It's okay. Yeah. He had an amazing career. Um, but, yeah, Burns controlled this whole fight, in my opinion. Gilbert Burns does defeat Jorge Masvidal ver- ver- via unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, and 29-28. Um, the winner, Burns, now is 22-5. and five. But what's next for him? 15 and 5 in the UFC now. I don't believe Burns is next in line after the Kobe Covington uh, title shot with Leon Edwards. Um, I think another win's division gets him in at least a discussion in a title shot. And I don't know who to put him up against because he's quite honestly fought everybody in this. That's, I have all question marks here because I don't know. I, I mean, okay, does he, if something happens, Kobe Covington, you know, in whenever Leon fights Kobe and he's a backup. And he does happen to become go into the championship fight. Sure, I mean that. I think that'd be reasonable to put him as a backup. But I mean, I just I don't see anybody else that's worth the fight. You know that's what I mean? Right. I think. And then Gilbert Burns also said the same thing. He's like, if you don't give me anybody, if you don't give me the title title fight next, release me, release me from my contract. Ooh, wow! Yeah. That, no, that, that's strong words. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be careful what you wish, wish for. Jorge Masvidal ends his career 35 and 17. Now he's off into a sunset with, like we said, um, he has his own fight promotion. He's doing his own thing. I mean, life is really good for Jorge Masvidal right now. Life is really good. And do you know how much he made for this fight? No, how much was it? $1.2 Easy. Crazy, Easy right? money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy money. You know, 
congrats his career. I have loved watching him since YouTube days in the 2000s when he was fighting with Gimbo Slice. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to see him riding off in sunset and me not seeing three more losses if he tries to keep right. going, you know? Right. All right. Well, that brings us to our main event of the evening, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Piera in a middleweight division clash. A former champion in this division looking to finally beat an opponent he is 0-3 against. Israel Adesanya did come in 23-2, ranked second. Of course, his last fight was against Piera. Again, like this was a rematch of the title fight back in November of 2022. You know, for me, Alex Piera was never in the fight. What did you think? I think he was kind of, for me, in my opinion, Okay, I, I was thinking he was doing really good in the fight. He was kind of do- not dominating but taking control little by little as that as the first and second round were, were going did you did you i noticed he was kind of tiring out like he just didn't have the cardio to keep up with all of sonia's fast pace maybe if he was tiring out i really didn't notice it but i was really noticing how cautious he was he was very cautious right yeah and so really working the leg kicks i mean really working good those leg kicks um he I mean, even even up into the second round, he was really working that jab, work, working the body punches, got him against the cage, got Israel Adesanya against the cage, working the body, get a knee to the head. Um, but what? Uh, I guess we had a rope a dope moment. Yeah, it almost Israel. was like that, right? Yeah, and a flying what? A left, right hand, overhand, right hits, uh, gets a Piera on the temple, couple, followed by three more shots, and then a massive. Ground and pound, uh, hammer hammer fist to the face, uh, puts out Pieta cold. Oh yeah, put it put him out cold. I mean, it's just, I think one of the greatest knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot, but I, this one meant a lot more to Israel Adesanya. You know, when I I've watched it twice now, and a couple notes that I got on the second that I just started thinking about was last week I was comparing Adesanya to Usman going, can the former champ win? Usman didn't win his belt back. Will Adesanya? And what I came to realization is the difference between Usman and Adesanya is Adesanya never came out like Usman saying, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I'm right. done with the spotlight. I just like where I'm the hunter yeah. and not hunted. Yeah. Adesanya never said it. He right. was like, I want my belt back. Yeah. And he never formally said that, but you could tell – I don't like not being on in a the mission. spotlight. And he was on a mission. And you could see that Adesanya's mind and heart was in completing that task right. in this one, right. you know? Yeah. The other thing I noticed was, to me, the Adesanya first fight against Pierre was kind of like Anderson Silver, where he got bored and he started playing with his food and got caught by Chris Weidman. But Silva never got to avenge that loss, right. whereas Adesanya got to redeem it with this massive victory and show that he's the lion in this division. I think that's a big difference. The, the other difference is that he's lost three times to um, to Piera. Which is big motivation, right? right? And uh, t- twice in uh, the in kickboxing. Yeah. First time last month, last uh, year in November against for the title. Um, so, I mean, going 4-0 against this guy or 0-4 against this guy would have been devastating, I think, mentally for his career. Um, and how would we perceive Israel Adesanya if he could never get over this hill or this hump right here? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, his. we talk about where your stock is with Canelo. Where would have Adesanya's stock be if he would have went 0-4 with this guy? Right, right. And, he's, and here's the thing. Alex Piera has only fought pro for eight fights now. Right. I mean, it's not like he's 20 and 20 and whatever. So, yeah, this this was a, a, a big, massive, uh, I guess, rock to, to get over for him to get back to where he needs to be at the top of his division. Israel Adesanya does win by a second round KO. Um, now he's 24 and 2. He is the champion of the division. Um, I don't know what's next for him. You read my notes, Daniel. He's 13 and 2 now in the UFC, uh, champ once again, but he's cleaned out the division once. What are we going to do? Clean it out again? I don't know. I have no idea who to put him up against. I don't either. I'm, okay, do we want Bobby Knuckles against him? Not really. Right? No. I mean, he's already beat him twice. That's right. That's right. Okay, okay. How about Marvin Vittori? Nope. Nope. Bit him twice already. <laughs> don't want that. Right? It's just, um, we don't, there's just so many, he's already been through this whole division. He's wiped out this division. There's there's not even an up-and-comer other than Pieta. We have Pieta coming up, right? Um, but how about Sean Strickland? I don't know. But do you, is it a fight with Sean Strickland? No. Here's the problem. We can give him any up-and-comer, Anybody. but I don't think it's going to be a, a fight. Right. I, I don't think it's going to be even close. So I don't know where we're going to go with this division. Well, there is a rivalry budding. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, him and Drake Duplessis, who is from South Africa, okay. claiming that he is really tr- on the on the pace to becoming the true African champion because he lives in Africa. He's from Africa. And uh, he's going to bring the belt back to Africa. Whereas in contrast... Uh, Adesanya is from Nigeria. However, he lives in New Zealand and right. fights out of New Zealand. And so there's been a lot of back and forth between between the two. But I don't think this is a, even a match if this this does come to fruition. Well, here's the thing. They they ha- they have a uh, UFC has a partner company now called WWE that likes to build stories. So maybe they should <laughs> learn from WWE and build a story because right now there's no story in this division. Well, that maybe that's the other thing. I'll go to WWE. Maybe. I mean, he's an entertainer. Yeah. Here, here's uh, what we're gonna do next week that I already thought about. Me and you are gonna come up with the top five list and see who we would take from UFC to go over the WWC. Who has the characters to go from W from UFC to WWE? That's that's yeah. our homework for next week. Yeah. Because I agree with you. I think Adesanya would be perfect. For for the WWE, I mean that just came to me. It almost would be something natural. Once he, you complete, you know, your mission here, hey, you get a reward. You go to the WWE. And did he not come out to the Undertaker music? A couple several he did. times, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'd be exciting. How about for Alex Pieta? Well, seven and two, four and one UFC right now. Um, it sounds like he's going to be moving up in weight. Uh, he was still two pounds over with an hour to go in this last fight. Um, so I am actually looking, uh, for him to go up to light heavyweight. Uh, I would like a fight with, and have a slug fest with Ian Kutalaba for his first match. Mm, into that division. Light heavyweight. Well, yeah, I, I, I also put moving up, um, into this division. I didn't pick a name for him. Okay. But, um, man, that would be good. I mean, Ian Kutalaba does have a match this, this coming weekend. So, um, maybe that's something that, you know. They can pan out for the next couple months or something. Because, look, I don't want to disrespect Pierre and have him fight someone that's ranked 30th. Kudalaber's ranked 18th. But here's here's what 
we kind of need to discuss. Do you think it was that Alex Pierre was pushed too early in his career, kind of like Serial Gone? I, I don't think so. I don't no? think he was. No, because he had, doesn't even have 10 fights. Well, I mean, the thing is that the UFC set it up that way, right? The UFC sure. said, there's a story. We're going to run with it. We're going to uh, make him fight his nemesis, make Israel fight his nemesis. Um, and then he wound up winning the champion. He was a great champion. I think, you know, he, he showed that, you know, he was a champion. Um, he was fighting well in the second fight. Uh, and I don't think there's someone, there's anybody else in this division to possibly will give him a round. I mean, let's just say he stays in this division, which right. he struggled, right? You said, like you said, he struggled to make weight. He's a big guy. Yes. Right? 6'4". And um, I think, let's say you put him against um, uh, Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles. I mean, who wins that fight? I think Pierre is a bigger man than him, but the Whitaker has a lot of experience. And right. I've, I've learned in this card that experience is winning over up and comers, at, you know, at least on this night. Do you see a Marvin Vittori versus Pieta? I do, and I think that would be a better fight yeah. than against Bobby Knuckles. I, I only say this because, you know, Pierre is now 4-1 and one in the UFC. Serial gone, only had 10 fights under his belt. We're, we're going to bring up the 18-year-old who got beat by an, an experienced ground grappler, Giannis, younger then Font Font took that experience and beat him. I I just think that the UFC uh, is in the fight game to make money, and and sometimes they take some of these fighters that need to move up slowly, and they throw them in the spotlight, and this is what happens. Do you see that? Um, I think we see it more and often than not. Right? Yeah, we do see it, but I mean, there's there's also a little bit of intrigue that we're like we like to see that that we still like to see that up and comer be very successful right off the bat. Case in point right now, we like you just mentioned that the uh, uh Rosas Jr. he did fight, he was 18, fought, opened up the main card. Um did lose, he did look good in that in that fight, but just wound up losing by decision. Um and then we have in the next couple of weeks we have Bo Nickel, who's yeah. not a young young fighter per se, but he had he does have that championship experience in wrestling, the NCAA and all that. Um but that's another person that I think the the W the UFC is pushing, and and as much experience he may have in wrestling, that is not experience in the octagon. That's 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 my whole issue. You know, I was thinking about this one name that I was just so disappointed in UFC pushing him was Sage Northcutt. Yeah, he's no longer in the UFC, and what pushed him was uh and and he he said he goes they pushed me too fast and I mentally broke down, right? And I'm afraid that this 18-year-old, they're going to do that to him too. And I just wish that UFC, once in a while, would kind of pull back the reins a little bit and go, listen, it's not all about money because in four years, this 18-year-old, when he's 22, could be at the top of his division. He may not if they keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our UFC 287 recap. Um, Pieta versus Adesanya too. Um, who do you think was fight of the night? Fight of the night. I'm going to say they probably gave. Oh, you know what was a great one? It was the uh, preliminary. I think main event. It was Gaslam versus Curtis Canyon, right? Uh, Chris Curtis. Chris, Chris so Curtis. You're wrong. I'm wrong though. <laughs> no, okay. No, but it was right. You're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. It was uh, Gaslam versus Chris uh, Curtis. Um, it was fight of the night. I mean, it 
Kevin Gaslam fights to decision win unanimously 29 28 29 28 and 30 27 gets that much needed win yes. I mean, Kevin Gas he's another name in that uh, middleweight division that we know at one time he even had Israel Adesanya you know in that fight he, he, he was did. really close to winning yes he was and so I was glad to see his old form back how about performances of the night we have two both in the main card Adesanya mm-hmm. and Rob Font that's correct for me. Yeah, all correct. So, where did you put your bar on this one? Um, you know, what? I think we probably gave it an eight coming in, mm-hmm. and I want to say about an eight point five. It was a really good card. I'm at eight point five too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think so too. If you look at the main card, the uh, decision there was. I think there's one decision, and the rest were knockouts or whatever they were. It was two decisions. Okay, yeah, um, and three knockouts. Yeah, uh, Kevin Holland. Looked really good. He looked great against Santiago Ponzinibbio. It's hard to look good against yes. Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Um, man, it's a devastating knockout in the third round. I mean, Ponzinibbio landed face first. Yes. In that knockout. Yeah. <laughs> and and we had surprise upsets that we didn't think. We thought, you know, Pierre was probably going to take. You know, was probably going to keep the belt. We thought the train of Giannis was going to keep rolling. <laughs> Fought, stopped that one. Yeah. And we thought the 18-year-old Phenom was probably going to pull out another win. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that wraps things up for our UFC 287 recap. Now the train moves on to Kansas City, Missouri, where we do have the fight between – where we do have UFC on ESPN, Holloway versus Allen. First up on the card, we do have Tanner Bosser versus Ian Kutalaba. And this is at the 205 pounds. Jamal Hill is our current champion. Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer is 31 years old, 20 and 9, with 11 KOs, two submissions, and seven decisions. He is currently 21st in the heavyweight division, so he's moving down in weight. His last fight was a loss by decision September of last year, and he's 1 and 3 in the last four fights. Now, Eon, the Hulk, Kudalaba, is 29 years old, 16 and 9, with 12 KOs, two submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked 22nd in the lightweight division. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the second round, November of last year, and he is 1 and 3 in his last four fights. Now, Kudalaba is a minus 120, and Bozer is a plus 100. Tanner Boser is from Alberta, Canada. He stands at 6'2 with a 75 and a half inch reach. He represents Sweatshop MMA. Notable wins come against Ovis St. Peru, Philip Lins, and Daniel Spitz. Notable losses come against Rodrigo Nascimento, Ilir Latifi, and Andre Orlowski. Ian Kutalaba is from Moldova. He stands at 6'1 with a 75 inch reach, representing MMA Factory. Notable wins come against Devin Clark, Kilil Roundtree, and Jonathan Wilson. Notable losses come against Kennedy Njeku, Johnny Walker, and Ryan Spann. The Hulk is going up against a bulldozer. It's never a match, right? Bull- it, the Hulk always picks up a bulldozer and throws it, right? That, absolutely. So I'm going to make <laughs> this short and sweet. I like the Hulk Kutalaba by KO in the first. Hey, Kutalaba is need is in a need of a win. And I think he's like, I think one in four in the last fights. Yeah. And so uh, I'm also picking him. Uh, by decision. Okay. Next up on the card, we have Edson Barbosa versus Billy Corantillo in a featherweight division clash. This is at 145 pounds, and Alex Volganowski is our current champion. 
Now, Edson Barbosa is 37 years old, 22-11 and 11 with 13 KOs, one submission, and eight decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision March of last year, and he is on a two-fight losing streak. Now, Billy Quarantilo is 34 years old, 17-4 and four with eight KOs, four submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked 17th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the second round, December of last year, and he is 2-2. Two and two in his last four fights. Now, Quarantilo is a minus 160, and Barbosa is a plus 135. Edson Barbosa is from Brazil. He stands at 5'11 with a 75-inch reach. He represents American top team. Notable wins come against Shane Burgos, Dan Hooker, and Benil Darius. Notable losses come against Bryce Mitchell, Giga Chikatsi, and Dan Ige. Billy Quarantillo is from Tampa, Florida. He stands at 5'10 with a 70-inch reach. He represents Gracie Tampa South. Notable wins Notable wins come against Alexander Hernandez, Gabriel Benitez, and Kyle Nelson. Notable losses come against Shane Burgos and Gavin Tucker. Well, even though Barbosa comes in a two-fight losing streak, this is going to be my underdog special bet. I'm taking Barbosa by decision. And I'm also taking Barbosa by decision. Just this, that, the uh, experience factor. Absolutely. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Max Holloway versus uh, Arnold Allen in a featherweight division clash. This is also at 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our current champion. Now, Max Blessed Holloway is 31 years old, 23-7 and seven with 10 KOs, 2 submissions, and 11 decisions. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision July of last year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Arnold Almighty Allen is 29 years old, 19-1, and one, with seven KOs, four submissions, eight decisions. He is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the second round, October of last year, and he is on a 12-fight win streak. Now, Holloway is a favorite at a minus 170, and Allen is a plus 145. Max Holloway is from Honolulu, Hawaii. He stands at 5'11 with a 69-inch reach. He represents Gracie Technics. Notable wins come against Yarid Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, and Frankie Edgar. Notable losses come against Alexander Volkanovsky, Dustin Poirier, and Connor McGregor. Arnold Allen is from England. He stands at 6 he stands at 5'9 with a 69-inch reach. He represents TriStar Gym. Notable wins come against Calvin Cater, Dan Hooker, and Nick Lentz. Notable losses come against Marcin Orsic back in 2014. Wow, what a matchup for a non-pay-per-view. Hey, and this is um Max Holloway is a favorite, right? He's the favorite. And he's coming off a loss of last July, and Allen is on a 12-fight win streak, and he's the underdog. And don't you think that Max, don't you see that, or feel like Max Holloway's been here for a long time? When I said 31 years old, I'm like, what? Yes. I feel like he should be 41 years old as much as I've seen Holloway. I'm <laughs> assuming you're going with Allen in this I one? I am going to go with Arnold Allen okay. um, by decision win. Okay, that's exactly what I'm doing, Arnold Allen by decision so, uh, got to follow that pretty good pay per view. Where are you setting your your bar pre? Uh, I mean, 
this whole card, you know, it's got some names. I mean, we've got Max Holloway, one of the bigger names in the UFC. Edson Barbosa, very veteran, classy veteran. Um, Ian Kutalaba, Clay Guida, he's also on this card. Um, and Bill Algio, Brandon Roy Val, he's a really good fighter yes. that's in here on the preliminary card. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and put it at 7.5 right now. Yeah, you know, I think a seven point two five. I'm I'm about in there too. Uh, I'm always excited, and it's always fun to watch Clay Guida. So yeah. that'll be a fun fight for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps things up for our uh, UFC, our UFC on ESPN preview hallway versus Allen this Saturday live from the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, Missouri. Now on to our MMA news and notes. Gilbert Burns predicts who will win in the potential fight. Leon Edwards versus Kobe Covington title fight. Burns has named who has named who expects to challenge for the UFC welterweight title during his post press conference on Saturday night. Burns was asked who'd he back to take home the welterweight gold if the planned matchup goes through. He thinks it's a good fight. I gotta stop and look at that. I think Kobe wins. I don't think it's gonna be easy. He's gonna get kicked a lot. He's gonna get hit a lot. Leon is big for for this division. He's very long as well. I think he's a way better striker than Kobe, but I think Kobe has the pace and the wrestling to get it done. Do you agree with Burns that Kobe will beat and get it done and win the championship against Edwards? Um, you know, if Kobe Covington does come in with that wrestling mentality that, you know, we know he has. Yeah. I mean, because he could he can stand toe to toe. I mean, yep. he stand toe to toe with uh, Usman. Yep. Um, but if he does decide to go ground game, I think he does he does turn into a Habib Nurmagomedov and just dominate on the ground. Yeah, I, I agree too. And and then, you know, obviously he needs to make sure he avoids that big head kick from yeah, Edwards, that's right? right. Yep. That's right. Um, re- re- let's go ahead and go back to uh Revisit UFC 287. I don't know if you heard a little bit of controversy between Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal, where Gilbert Burns does accuse or, you know, just kind of maybe joked around that Jorge Masvidal may have cheated, kind of greased himself up before the fight, uh, put a lot of lotion on throughout the day and made him a little bit more slippery than usual. And uh, that was one of the factors that he couldn't get a submission or kind of get him down because of the slipperiness that George Masvidal had on him, I guess. Do you agree with that? Um, you know what? Sometimes y- y- there's some uh, veteran tactics. I mean, you ha- if you've been in the fight game, 50-plus fights, you've learned a thing or two. I have all the respect for Masvidal, but yeah. do you, you know where he came from. Street fighting. fighting. And street fighting, there are no rules. And whatever you do to take advantage of and win that fight, you're going to do that. It doesn't surprise me at all. Gilbert Burns does come out and does apologize a few days later, saying that, you know, I do apologize for making that claim. Because, of course, Masvidal was denying it. Yeah. And so, but, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, it's one of those tricks, old, old tricks that I'm sure veterans have. And, you know, even Gilbert Burns acknowledged it was just one of those classy veteran tricks. Well, look, we're probably going to find out, like we found out with Daniel Cormier 10 years later, that, yes, he was holding that towel yeah. to help him with <laughs> with the, with the weight, weight cut or whatever. So I'm sure we'll hear that that's what he ended up doing. That's right. Amanda Nunes provides first reaction to the Juliana Pena trilogy and gives a firm prediction. 
Nunez is expecting another dominant display when she locks horns with Pena again. The mixed martial artist leader will cross the northern border for the UFC 289 on June 10th, set for the Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Among the intriguing matchups set for this card is the trilogy fight for the main event. Are you excited for the trilogy, Daniel? (sighs) We saw the second fight. In person. In person. Um, do we need a third fight? I don't, I don't remember ever submitting a vote or saying that, Hey, I really need to see that third fight. Was the second one even close? I don't even think so. It was not even close. She, in fact, she just got demolished. Yeah. She got crushed. Right. I'm really surprised to run this back, but again, we're going back to Adesanya. Amanda Nunez has cleaned out right, that division. Right. Who else are you going to have him fight? Yeah. I think yeah, at one point she even thought it was going to be Irena Aldana. Who is going to come up and yeah. fight her next? But man, yeah, that's a surprising. Juliana Pena is, comes up and main event for that UFC fight um, pay per view in Vancouver, yeah. Canada. Yeah, you know, it, again, uh, the only person that we gave Adesanya fits was Pierre. Well, the only person that's really given Nunez fits is Pena. So we're going to have to run it back at least one more time. All right, again, revisiting UFC 287, we did talk about um, who's next for Israel Adesanya. There is one name that did escape our mind. Who? How about Hazmat Shemaev? Yes. Right. Now that is the next fight. Yeah. I, I can't believe we, we, we technically forgot about we him. Forgot, technically forgot about him because he doesn't really talk up anything, and we are so focused on Pierre versus yeah. Adesanya, right? Yeah. yeah. What, how do you think uh, that's going to shake out early on? Man, I I don't I'm I'm at a crossroads. <laughs> I don't know. You're at a crossroads. I mean, I respect both of these fighters, and I like Shemaev because of the wrestling. Okay, and again, we go back to when Adesanya moved up in weight against Jan Bohovic, and Jan re- out wrestled him and won that match. So you may be uh, you may be right. Do you have any other MMA news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our Pick'em League. Daniel, you went one and two in MMA, and you went one and one in boxing. So you have a win total of seven currently. I went two and one in MMA, and I went two and oh in boxing. I picked the upset. Yeah, you should have. Did you bet money? I should have, shouldn't yeah, I have? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. really impressed, and and so now I'm in the underdog mode. Uh, I'm at a total of win of nine wins now. There you go. Two game lead. Awesome. Okay, for our players, we have Loretta sitting at seven. Daniel, you're also at seven. Dom, Omar, and Shane are all at eight. We then have Allen at nine. We have Everett at nine. We have our current. Champion Dan at nine because Lynn has now moved into first place Uh-oh. with ten wins. Ten wins. We have a fight at the yeah. top right now. Yeah, definitely. Early well, on. Thank you to everyone that's continuing to participate in our Pick'em League. Again, be on the lookout on your emails. We send you that link to go ahead and vote for the week. And if you're new to this game, jump in at any time and um, go ahead and make those picks and submit them by the by Saturday morning. And as always, check out our Facebook and Instagram for late breaking news. Hit that follow button and like button on our website as well as our posts. 
Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week to recap this week's fights and predictions. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.